Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. At a conservative conference yesterday, Republican Senator Ted Cruz told the crowd that the left is unhappy and added, quote, if you were a liberal woman and you had to sleep with those weenies, you'd be pissed too. Well, joke's on you, Ted, because liberal women sleep with each other. Dude. Ah, yes, the Democrat Party, they're completely out of the closet, aren't they? Looting a business near you soon. Uh, You think there's going to be an increased um, wave of looting because Christmas is upon us? I would expect. Democrats love looting, don't they? They love arson. They love homicide. Homicide is one of their things. Washington, D.C., we have the new numbers in. We're at a... uh, What is it, a 26-year high? But there are still a few days left in the year. We could end up at a 30-year high. And Mayor Bowser, she went to, uh, where'd she go, Doha? (laughs) To go talk about the weather, talk about the climate. Yeah, violent crime up 40% in Washington, D.C. Homicides at a 26-year high or a 27-year high, and uh, you're a Democrat party. Every homicide committed by a Democrat. You know how your Democrats are. Have you seen this? uh, Happy Thursday and welcome. We are at 888-630-9625. That's our telephone number. It's toll-free. Aren't all numbers toll-free at this point? They used to say this toll-free. I still say toll-free a lot, but I think, you know, if you pick up your cell phone, call California, it doesn't cost any more, does it? It's It's kind of toll-free. It's a flat-rate thing, isn't it? And the federal government is gobbling up all of your calls, too, putting in a big server in Utah somewhere so they can retrieve it later and and, uh, stuff. But uh, speaking of Joe Biden, whose brain, she's a no good. That brain of his, she's a broke. She's no good. Joe Biden did an interview. I'm making quotation marks with my fingers. It was a fluff job. With Conan O'Brien. Remember Conan O'Brien? He used to have a TV show. Now he's got a podcast or something. Sure. Yeah, I mean, dead people have podcasts. He's got a podcast. And Conan O'Brien, he's got, he interviewed another hard-hitting journalistic interview for Joe Biden in the Oval Office, right there in the Oval. And Conan, he poofed his hair up and it's standing on end. And he went in to interview Joe Biden and a total fluff job, just the fluff job of the first order. And he said some incredibly dumb, lame brain things. Turns out he said some of these dumb, lame brain things before. Oh, and also we had hostages released yesterday. Some American hostages were released yesterday. Oh, by Hamas? That'd be good. No, no, not by Hamas. By the commie, Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela. That's where the hostages were released from because who knew that Americans were being held hostage in Venezuela? 
News media doesn't even cover American hostages being held when there's a Democrat in the White House. And uh, you notice that nobody talks about the American hostages being held by Hamas in the Gaza either, or for that matter, that matter, the other hostage. What are we at? At 130 something hostages being held. Not all American, but we don't even know how many American hostages are being held. Joe Biden doesn't talk about it. The press at the White House doesn't ask about it in the press briefings with with cringe. You know that Raggedy Ann doll that stands at the podium and and makes an idiot of herself every single day. Doesn't even come up. Hostages, schmostages, as they say at the White House. Extraordinary stuff. But back to Joe Biden with his pal Conan O'Brien. There is a, uh, Michael Piercy pointed it out to me this morning. A very interesting observation has been made. There are photos, as you might expect, of Joe Biden smiling and his eyes are really weird. And it looks like one eye is bigger than the other and he's Got this creepy, weird smile in his plastic surgery, maybe falling apart or something. And he's got really the crooked smile and the weird eye, and one eye is smaller and the other eye is bigger. And he's squinting, and, you know, plastic surgeons have estimated he's probably had $100,000 worth of uh, face work done. God bless him, bless his heart. And uh, there they are in the Oval Office. And Conan O'Brien is sitting in the president's seat at the Resolute desk in the Oval Office. And Joe Biden is standing next to him with his hand on Conan O'Brien's shoulder, his left hand on Conan O'Brien's shoulder, right? And and in Joe Biden's right hand, it appears that he has the answers to his questions. He's got, he's got a, it looks like a stack of, what would you say, four or five uh, index cards. They're, well, they're, they're uh, maybe the three by five, maybe a little bigger index cards. And, you know, the White House staff always gives him his answers and his questions on index cards for press briefings and a cheat sheet telling him which reporters to call on and what question will be asked ahead of time. It's like the Soviet Union. And then the answer for that. And it got little pictures of the reporters because he, he doesn't know who they are. And, and here with the Conan uh, interview, the fluff job, the Democrat Party circle fest, he has in his right hand a stack of index cards. And they're standing there, again, at the Resolute desk with Conan O'Brien in the president's uh, chair. And then there's the next picture where they're both sitting in chairs facing each other and they're having a joyful time, uh, um, um, a merry time, a very happy time, sitting down both in chairs, armchairs, facing each other. And now Conan O'Brien has the cards in his hand. Now... I understand Conan O'Brien's not a journalist or anything, you know, like these clowns at the New York Times that pretend to be journalists. But why did Joe Biden have the the light blue index cards in his hand when Conan was sitting at the Resolute desk? And then they sit down to do the interview with the microphones in front of them on stands, and they're not lavalier mics, the kind that clip to your lapel or your tie. They're microphones, big microphones on stands, and uh, Joe Biden is laughing, and Conan is laughing, and and now Conan has the the blue index cards in Conan's hand, because it's all a television show, it's all a setup, it's all a fraud. So we got uh, we got that. Just an interesting observation that your phony corrupt news media will not share with you, and Michael Piercy pointed out to me, so I wanted to share it with you. Now let's go to Joe Biden, because. We have a number of Joe, you know, a little bit of Conan, but uh, who cares? 
because it's just television, it's just fluff. It's this is what it is to be a Democrat president, right? It's a show business enterprise. It's all a terrible cable television show. Now, Joe Biden was was asked, you know, President Trump was pulled off the ballot in Colorado by four left-wing Democrat judges on the uh, justices on the state Supreme Court. Three of them Ivy League, one of them uh, WOC, LGBTQ, and they're Trump haters, and they don't care what the Constitution says or what the law says or anything else. They just were going to stick it to Trump, and so they stuck it to Trump. Now, Joe Biden was on the move and was asked by a reporter if, because in Colorado they said they're removing him from the ballot, the primary, the Republican primary ballot in Colorado. And I honestly like the Republican Party, the Colorado Republican Party's response, said, well, if this stands, we're going to drop the primary and go to a caucus and become a caucus state. So the primary will become irrelevant because the communists who are on the Democrat appointed, all of them, all four of them, and the other three justices on the Colorado State Supreme Court, also appointed by Democrat governors. The other three, however, decided to go with the law instead of their political whim and the Democrats' political demand. They're afraid that their houses would be burned down if they didn't come and get your children, turn them into transgenders. You know how they are. But Joe Biden was asked, hey, is... uh, is uh, President Trump, Donald Trump, and insurrectionists? Is Trump an insurrectionist, sir? Well, I think, sir, certainly you're self-evident. You saw it all. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies, or let the court make that decision. It's self-evident. He certainly supported an insurrection. No question about it. None. Zero. And uh, he seems to be doubling down on about everything. Yeah. You're doubling down on stupid. Well, then why is it, Mr. President, that when President Trump was impeached over January 6th, that the Senate didn't convict him of being an insurrectionist? That's as close as the president has gotten to being tried as an insurrectionist. It was trial in the Senate after being impeached in the House by the Democrats because they're jihadis, and um, the Senate didn't convict him. College professor, excuse me, law professor extraordinaire, Jonathan Turley at the George Washington University in Washington, D.C., said that, and I think we had audio of him saying that, that that this was not an insurrection and that President Trump was not an insurrectionist, according to the law and the Constitution. Jonathan Turley knows whereof he speaks. Why has Jack Smith, the special counsel, not charged President Trump with the crime of insurrection. Why have anti-Trump prosecutors in New York, Washington, and Atlanta not charged him with insurrection? And if you're going to charge someone with uh, insurrection, uh, then you're going to open a uh, major can of worms because the Democrats have been perpetrating, perpetrating rather insurrections for years, certainly since the St. George of Fentanyl died of a heart failure while his bloodstream was coursing with fentanyl and methamphetamine. Insurrection is a violent uprising against an authority or government. 
well, I'd say attacking the Mark Hatfield Federal Courthouse in Portland, Oregon for about 100 days constitutes an insurrection, not two hours, but 100 days. Uh, the insurrection against police stations, police departments, locking the doors, setting them on fire. Uh, insurrections taking over city halls and state houses. Insurrections. These are all insurrections. The Democrats are the, the king of, or the kings of insurrection, an actor instance of revolting against civil authority or an established government. The three-day siege of the White House while President Trump was inside, forcing the evacuation of the president, torching the church of the presidents across from the White House, torching the only building in Lafayette Park across from the White House, attacking the Reagan building downtown Washington, D.C., uh, insurrections, insurrections all in Chicago and New York and Atlanta and Ferguson, Missouri. By the dictionary definition, an actor instance of revolting against civil authority or an established government, the violent mobs burning police cars, burning police stations, looting, sacking, plundering, uh, insurrections all. But never mind that. Were it not for double standards, liberals, and that means the media too, would have no standards at all. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and honestly, so, well, it's, uh, and, and what was he, he used his uh, constitutional uh, language there. It's a good, it's self-evident. Yeah, we hold these truths to be self-evident. <laughs> that Donald Trump is an insurrectionist. Even though he hasn't been charged with that crime, he hasn't been tried for that crime, he hasn't been found guilty of that crime. The Senate put him on trial where he was accused of that crime and did not convict him. Other than that, it's self-evident, says the very severely brain-damaged jellyfish of a president. George Washington University law professor Jonathan Turley on the question of whether January 6th was an insurrection and by extension whether President Trump is an insurrectionist. There's laws governing uh, insurrection and incitement, and notably, Trump was not charged with that. You had a very motivated special counsel in Jack Smith who hit Trump with anything he could, but he conspicuously left out incitement, insurrection, sedition, because he couldn't prove it, because the evidence is not there. Isn't that amazing? Because the evidence is not there. Uh, one of America's leading legal scholars and law professors, Jonathan Turley, on the question of whether January 6th unarmed people assaulting police in some cases, in a limited number of cases, being waved into the Capitol by police in a probably greater number of cases. Whereas the three-day siege of the White House, what was it, more than 180 federal police officers were injured The property damage in the millions of dollars, the president and the first family evacuated to the safety of the nuclear bunker beneath the White House for the first time in the history of the country as a result of a violent mob outside. They use the words, but they don't know what they mean. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit chrisplantcruise.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, Joe Biden and the Democrats' war against America, the murder of America, facilitating the reconquista that the radical extreme Latin American left has been ambitiously plotting for decades now, and it's being executed by the left. And I do mean executed, like the country. All right, let's, uh, let's grab a, a phone call, Michael. Let's go to Matt calling from St. Louis, Missouri. Matt, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Hey, Chris. Happy winter solstice in primary ballot-topia. It, and, um, it is the winter the solstice. Thank you for that. I mentioned it a couple of days ago, and I hadn't gotten to it yet. But you're right. It is the shortest day of the year, solar day of the year. So the days start getting longer from here, which is good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so since the president's been set and there are no repercussions, apparently, I think Trump supporters should go camp outside um, Colorado Supreme Court justices' houses, um, bring signs that say, you know, my ballot, my choice, hands off my ballot. Uh, maybe bring some kidnapping tools and maybe burn and loot and, and you know, because, again, Democrat stuff, it, apparently it's all good. So You're absolutely right. The Democrats have established the precedent that uh, you can, and it's a federal crime to go protest, to uh, harass a Supreme Court justice at that justice's home, but the FBI didn't prosecute anybody for any of that, did they? No, they didn't. It's, you know, to Americas. And there is the, uh, you mentioned, made reference to the psychopath that showed up outside the home of Justice Brett Kavanaugh uh, with a gun and extra magazines and kidnapping tools and burglary tools. And he was there to murder the Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. And he had plotted to murder at least two other Supreme Court justices as well. And that, you may have noticed, Matt, was basically a one-day story. He went away, and there was a blurb in the Washington Post and the Digest, uh, you know, a few words, saying, oh, uh, he's being evaluated for his mental well-being. Well, all Democrats should be evaluated for their mental well-being. But what was that psychopath's name? Nobody even remembers his name. You know, when you, you go shoot Congressman Steve Scalise, what was his name? Does anybody remember his name? He wanted to murder the whole baseball team of Republicans. It was a suicide attack. You know, but we all know Greta Thunberg, and we don't know the name of the psychopath. It's James Hodgkinson. I know his name. But the editor of the New York Times does not. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. You know, Matt makes uh, good points. The radical left, that is to say the mainstream of the Democrat Party, which forms violent mobs at the drop of a hat over nothing, 
like Occupy Wall Street and uh, George Floyd, who died of, a, died of a cardiac event because of all the fentanyl and methamphetamine in his system. And they jailed a police officer for 22 years for following to the letter police procedure. And they burned our, our cities from coast to coast. And that was all fine. Billions in damage, thousands of police injured, literally and literally. And no big deal. Wash it away. Sweep it under the rug. Then there is one dust-up, Capitol Hill, January 6th. And that's the, uh, the riot to end all riots. That's the only one that matters. Three years later, darn near, they're still hunting down people that were there that day that committed no violent acts at all. And still, nobody held accountable for the thousands of riots. I think the number is under 1,000, but hundreds and hundreds of riots from coast to coast that the Democrats perpetrated. And, of course, the Supreme Court protests with the idiot zombie mobs showing up outside the homes of Supreme Court justices, threatening and menacing them. The psychopath who, oh, I looked him up, Nicholas John Roski uh, is his name, Nicholas Roski, uh, accused of attempting to murder a Supreme Court justice, Brett Kavanaugh, and he was planning on murdering several, and uh, no big deal. Judge likely to order mental evaluation for a defendant. Sure. Uh, before long, the Democrats are going to run him for office somewhere. But Republicans are not outside the homes of the four Democrat-appointed Colorado State Supreme Court justices that falsely declared President Trump to be an insurrectionist, even though he hasn't been indicted as an insurrectionist, he hasn't been tried as an insurrectionist, to the extent that it was taken up in a political forum on Capitol Hill with the impeachment in the House and then the trial in the Senate. He was not convicted. But these judges, state justices, they just ignored all that and said, well, we're going to call him an insurrectionist anyway because we don't know what these words mean. They should be impeached. They should be removed from the court. But as Matt was saying, Maybe mobs of Republicans should show up outside their homes with signs and with noisemakers and set up camps and threaten and menace them. It's probably not illegal in the same way that it is to uh, target a U.S. Supreme Court justice, but, but never mind that. Good points by Matt in St. Louis. Good stuff. Um, and the uh, winter solstice, men mentioned the winter solstice too. And I just want to—I just want to touch on that because it's—it's it's not unimportant, and it's kind of fun. I like uh, the sky and stars, and you know, I like the sun and and the moon. And the, there's a song in there somewhere. Winter solstice, shorter, shortest day of the year, arrives Thursday evening. That's the uh, Washington Post typing the story, and uh, it's in today's edition, December twenty-first. 2023 at 7 a.m. They posted it online, so it's not in their hard copy and and uh, of the paper. And listen to this: on Thursday, we turn that's today, we turn the corner toward longer days and a bit more sunlight. December 21st, that's today, is the winter solstice, the shortest day and longest night of the year in Earth's northern hemisphere. That's correct. On Friday, that's tomorrow, 
we'll start gaining a few seconds of daylight again. And so today, shortest day, tomorrow starts ticking back. Sun set becomes a little bit later with each passing day, and our days get longer and longer until the summer solstice. And uh, we all like that because that's the longest day of sunlight. Obviously, every day is the same length of time. But uh, the, when we say the longest day, we're talking about the sunlight and all of that good stuff. And that's kind of fun. It is the shortest day of the year. And uh, what is that called again? It's got, a, it's got an acronym, the uh, Seasonal Affective Disorder. SAD. Yeah, it's, it's SAD. That's what it is. Se- seasonal Affective Disorder. And it's SAD because everything has to be an acronym, right? And since we're talking about the Supreme Court, there's another Supreme Court story today that uh, also got my attention. And it, uh, and it matters because these snakes, these lizards, um, lie about everything. And they're racist, too. You know, they hate Clarence Thomas. It was uh, Joe Biden, as chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, that presided over the attempted lynching of now Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. And they're still trying to lynch him because, you know, they're the Democrat Party. They've got a long history of lynching. And they're racists, and they're the Confederate States of America, and they're, they're not on our side. But my friend Mark Paoletta, who is a great attorney, a writer, thinker, filmmaker, he's a Renaissance man, Mark Paoletta, and uh, he was also an attorney working with Clarence Thomas during the confirmation hearings all those years ago. And uh, Mark Paoletta, my friend Mark Paoletta, points out that the New York Times published a completely phony story claiming that Clarence Thomas pressed congressional lawmakers for a higher salary early in his tenure on the Supreme Court, threatening to resign, right, sure, and inspiring a campaign by Republican backers to meet his demands, according to a memo from June of 2000. That's the New York Times uh, story on the on the thing. And Mark Paoletta, a longtime friend, and I should, I said Mark Paoletta is a friend of mine, just as Clarence Thomas is a friend of mine, and the truth is a friend of mine, and I'm a friend of the truth. We have a very good relationship, the truth and me. Mark Paoletta um, says, you, you people are ridiculous. The, uh, this... Uh, Z.J. Montague, New York Times, has zero evidence in the story that Justice Thomas complained about his pay or that he threatened to resign over that or anything else. The attorney, Mark Paoletta, writes, I've known Thomas well since 1989 and have never heard him complain about his pay or threaten to resign. This is agenda-driven quote-unquote, reporting. And uh, honestly, the New York Times is a disgrace to Western civilization and to journalism. Completely nuts. Mark Paoletta uh, published Created Equal, Clarence Thomas, in his own words, a great book, made into a great documentary film, as a matter of fact. Uh, But Created Equal is a great book about Clarence Thomas. You'll learn all about how great Clarence Thomas is. And you'll learn about how racist the Democrat Party continues to be. Yes, sir. But the New York Times published the story anyway. They don't need facts. 
facts are not their friends, and they're, they're not friends of the facts. Just extraordinary stuff. And honestly, as Mark Paoletta points out, if you're a legal scholar, then you will recognize that Justice Clarence Thomas is considered by a great many legal scholars to be, to be our greatest justice. But pay no attention to that, because the racist Democrat Party is uh, still riding around on horseback with a rope, because that's who they are. So since we were talking about the Supreme Court, I wanted to mention that, since that's uh, today's story also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was going back to some audio as well. Dun, dun, dun. Our Democrat Party, they're really something. The open borders, the war on America. I now refer to the uh, American Civil War, 1861 to 1865, where the first Republican president, Abraham Lincoln, to win the White House, obviously, the Emancipation Proclamation, freeing the slaves, the Democrats waged the Civil War. Then a Democrat shot the first Republican president in the head and murdered him. He was an actor. That was a Civil War. I now refer to it as the first Civil War. What we're witnessing now is the murder of America. And I've called it in the past, you may recall, a Civil Cold War or a Cold Civil War, but but uh, then there have been articles written about that, too. You know, it's a, the Democrat Party is waging war against America, and they've been waging war in the streets with Antifa and Black Lives Matter. They normalize political mob violence, mob street violence. Of course, they were the mob political street violence in the 1960s as well, from the Chicago Convention in 1968 to on and on and on after the assassinations of Martin Luther King the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who was uh, shot and killed by a Democrat Party presidential campaign volunteer, by the way. That's right, he was a volunteer for the George Wallace presidential campaign. Democrat governor, segregationist, racist. And, of course, James Earl Ray was a volunteer for his campaign. That's not something that's taught in school. They leave that out because the most insidious power the media has is the power to ignore, and academia follows the same rule, don't they? Yes, they do. Just ignore that. Just ignore the history of the Democrat Party. Another Democrat Party volunteer, John F. Kennedy, shot in the head by a communist or the CIA. <laughs> Release the documents. <laughs> But with, uh, with that said, the, uh, the war on America, and again, they're violent, they're violent subgroups. Antifa, which is a radical left-wing terrorist organization founded in Germany in the 1930s, and the torch has been picked up by the Democrat Party in the United States in the modern age. Black Lives Matter, which is a racist shakedown organization that took in literally billions and billions of dollars. Where are they now? Have they saved a black life? we got Black Lives Matter taking over 16th Street in front of the White House because Democrats, you know, Democrats. And since Mayor Muriel Bowser made that into Black Lives Matter Plaza, it's uh, worth reminding 
that uh, this year, Washington, D.C. is a 26-year high for homicides. Violent crime is up 40% compared to last year. Thanks, Mayor Bowser. Do Black Lives Matter? You'd fight crime if Black Lives Mattered, but they don't. And now the Democrat Party murdering America with the Reconquista movement. I didn't cross the border. The border crossed me, right? Mostly peaceful, the media told us, while they were sacking and burning and looting our cities from coast to coast. Mostly peaceful. Mm-mm-mm. And then one little dust-up on Capitol Hill. Oh, no, it's Pearl Harbor. It's 9-11 all over again. I, I had to check myself because I was about to say something that would be too harsh. Too harsh. But it is Joe Biden and the Democrat Party and Barack Obama's behind the curtain controlling this sock puppet that lives in the White House. Barack Obama is back there. I shared with you the news reporting on all of the vehicles belonging to Biden White House staffers that actually spend their days at Barack Obama's multi-million dollar home off of Embassy Row in Washington, D.C., in the shadow of the main mosque in Washington, D.C. They are not on our side. Boy, are they not on our side. All right, let's get to uh, let's get back to uh, the radical left-wing uh, state Supreme Court justices in California. Four of the seven Supreme Court justices, all seven appointed by Democrat governors. The uh, four that said Donald Trump is an insurrectionist and therefore he can't be on the ballot. And again, I had Jonathan Turley, law professor extraordinaire, pointing out that. Well, no, it's not an insurrection and doesn't qualify legally as an insurrection. And, and, uh, and he wasn't charged with um, insurrectionism or conspiring to, or, uh, and he certainly wasn't convicted of anything of the kind. So to say that was your rationale on the state Supreme Court for taking him off the ballot is, uh, well, lacking in substance, to be generous. Congressman Corey Mills from Florida, a combat veteran, and an all-around pro-American guy. The Democrats hate him. U.S. Army veteran, Iraq War veteran. And he's on our side. He was asked about this this morning as well. The bottom line is that at no point has any court actually charged and or labeled this as an insurrection, an unarmed insurrection at that. I think as the tapes have come forward, you've seen where many of them have walked through with actual support of the Capitol Police in some regards. Uh, we've seen some of the video, but the news media doesn't show it. And the Speaker of the House has made the video available to all the news media who don't have any interest in clarifying anything about January 6th because the Democrat Party has uh, created a narrative, and that narrative must be allowed to stand unchallenged. Tucker Carlson uh, was, I think, the first to get a hold of a bunch of these videos, and he demonstrated that many frauds were perpetrated by the government and the Democrats, but I repeat myself, and Corey Mills... um, you know, a decorated combat vet, 82nd Airborne. Mm-mm-mm. 
But Corey Mills had another idea, maybe why Joe Biden should be taken off of ballots around the country. Look, the bottom line is if anyone should be charged with anything, it should be Joe Biden for the invasion of our southern border. Maybe someone should start filing suit and some of the courts actually get him for what is an actual insurrection that's taking over our country and violating our sovereignty. Um, Corey Mills and other members of Congress need to start with the Reconquista thing, too, and get that into the public bloodstream as I'm talking about the last couple of days. And uh, what will the U.S. Supreme Court do when the U.S. Supreme Court takes up this sham, this disgrace, this embarrassment from the Colorado State Supreme Court? The Supreme Court will certainly overrule this. There's no reason why they shouldn't. It's a direct violation and attack on our First Amendment rights for political free speech. And the abuses of power by Democrats, as I'm fond of saying because it's true, lefties secure power to abuse it. It's the whole purpose of becoming a left-wing LGBTQWOC, that's woman of color, a member of the state Supreme Court, so you can abuse power on behalf of of the left, the Democrat Party now. This is blue states realizing that President Trump is ahead in all the polls. He's ahead in all the key swing states. He's leading the Republican Party by 50 and 60 points in most of the actual states. And they want to go after and utilize political interference and political meddling to try and ruin Donald Trump's uh, chance and the American people's civic rights to be able to vote him into presidency in 2024. These are obvious abuses of power obvious abuses of power, by left-wing state Supreme Court justices doing the bidding of the party, uh, ignoring the law and the Constitution. And it's exactly what I've come to expect from people like this. Biden's war against America, the murder of America. And I tell you, members of Congress need to start talking about this Reconquista thing. And... Need to stop using blue states. We need to uh, call out the left as the reds that they are and disallow this corrupt labeling of the political parties as red for conservatives and blue for the radical left, the Reconquista terrorists that love Hamas and hate the American flag. Ah, yes. Yes, sir. Look what I've done to the clock again. I've, I can't believe it. How did two hours go by already? It's madness, I tell you. I haven't even, uh, I haven't even gotten to Joe Biden, and uh, well, I got more Joe. I get the one thing, but there's more Joe Biden, and uh, war in the Middle East, and ships being attacked, and the Houthi rebels, and Iran, and Joe Biden is our president with an open border and the Reconquista going on. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? (laughs) You pay me more. Jeff Smith teaches on the sliding scale. (laughs) Those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.